What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Carol will be reading our scripture lessons this morning. The first lesson from the gospel is about a story of a young man who comes and asks Jesus a very important question that many of us have to ask at some point in our lives. Unfortunately, he hears some answers that at first excite him, but then make him hopeless. And then the, God, the epistle lesson from Paul tells us where we find that hope that the young man was missing. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. Also, you shall love your neighbors as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all of these. What do you, I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go, sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away grieving for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to the disciples, truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astounded and said, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. And Romans 5, 3 through 5. Accordingly, oh, I'm sorry, and not only that, we, but we also boast of our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character pr produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. I'd like you to hear the portion of that reading that's for my text for this morning's sermon. Out of that message, there's just a portion from Matthew 19, verse 26, and then the Romans 5, 3 through 5. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. As Carol just read, but I think we need to hear again. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation and thoughts of each heart present be acceptable in your sight in the glorious name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Our theme today is possibilities and hope. I'm from Ohio originally, and our state motto is this passage from Matthew, with God all things are possible. In this woke age, they'll probably make us change that one of these days, but in the meantime, people in the state of Ohio believe that with God all things are possible. As a people of faith, we have the hope that all things are possible. When we know that all things are possible, we can have hope. And that hope makes room for our faith and the possibilities for our future. This is New Year's Day, a day for new beginnings, a day to start down a new path. The old year and our old difficulties have passed away, and today is a day for a new start in our lives. So how's your new year going so far? When someone asks me how I'm doing, or how's my day going, or what's up, or how is your new year going so far, my favorite reply is, I'm on top of the grass looking down. As long as I'm not under the grass trying to look up, there's a chance. There's possibilities. There's hope. This New Year's Day, I thank God that I am on top of the grass and looking down. I can walk on the grass and look out. I can kneel on the grass and look up in prayer and praise. For I know that as long as I'm on top of the grass looking down, my new year, my future, my life is filled with possibilities and hope. The poet Diane Ackerman, speaking about the broader subject of living a full life, is quoted as saying, I don't want to get to the end of my life and find I have lived just the length of it. I want to have lived the width of it as well. I think we should apply that to this new year. I don't want to get to the end of December 2023 and find I have only lived the length of these 365 days. I want to live the full width of every day as well. To do that, I will need to believe and live each day with a firm philosophy rooted in possibilities and hope. What do you want to have happen in your life in this new year? As you make your New Year's resolutions and goals, some hopes and dreams may seem impossible to you. But remember, you never realize the true resources of God until you attempt the impossible. If it is possible, you don't need God. If you want to get God involved in your life, you have to think beyond your current capabilities. One of my mentors, the Reverend Dr. Robert Schuler, who was the pastor of the Crystal Cathedral in Garden Grove, California, always asked, what would you attempt to do if you knew you would not fail? You often hear sayings from self-help gurus like, if money were no object, or if you knew you could not fail, what would you do? Make your goals so big it will take a miracle to accomplish them. You hear these phrases all the time because they are true, as long as you are on top of the grass looking down. Jesus was the ultimate realist, yet Jesus was never one to give up. Follow the perfect example of Jesus, 
And this year, never give up. We read passages where Jesus may have been discouraged, but Jesus never gave up. It's often a little different with us. When we're faced with a situation that seems impossible, we usually look for something easier. If a loved one is sick or dies, we might believe it's impossible for us to continue to live. If faced with bad news from the doctor concerning our health, we might think there is no hope and our earthly life is coming to an end. Many people today have lost their means of support and find it easier just to give up and let the devil have his way. The devil likes to see us at a low point in our lives because that's usually the time when the devil can step in and take control without much resistance. But remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The story is recorded in Matthew 14, 13 through 21. You might want to write that down and read it again today to give you encouragement. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. The disciples thought in a worldly way when they thought that 5,000 plus people could not be fed with five loaves and two small fish. Now personally, I don't understand why they felt this way, because they had seen Jesus in action on previous occasions. But then we've heard the story over and over for a couple thousand of years, and we know the outcome of the story. We're used to it. But have we really learned the lesson or are we still as clueless about Jesus' power as were his first disciples? The gospel record tells us Jesus took five loaves and two small fish and instructed the disciples to have the people sit down on the grass. He instructed the disciples to do something. He told them what he wanted them to do, and the disciples listened, and they did as instructed. When we're faced with a situation that seems impossible, what do we do? Do we do as instructed? Or instead do we worry because we don't know what to do? So what should we do? Well, we should speak to the Lord and ask him for direction. And then we should obey him, no matter how simple or small the start, even if it's just sitting down on the grass. Jesus also promised us in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. So what did Jesus do? He asked his Father through prayer. He asked, and God responded. And Jesus received. He received multiples of what he held in his hands. The fish were multiplied, as were the loaves. The Bible says all 5,000 people. Actually, the passage says it was 5,000 men, plus women and children. So 5,000 loaves of bread and two fish apparently fed upwards of perhaps 15,000 people or more. They all ate and were satisfied. And then the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces. The impossible had become possible. Over 5,000 people were fed and there was food 
left over. As much as 12 times as much was left over than they started with. Imagine for a moment if this morning you prayed for $1,000 to catch up on all your year-end bills. And God provided you the $1,000. And after you paid all the bills in full, you found you still had $12,000 left over. Many times, maybe most times, we don't ask the Lord for help or guidance. We tend to take care of the issues on our own. We do things the way the world does things instead of doing things according to God's word. Only when we're unable to fix the problem and we suffer or our worry becomes considerable, only then do we listen to that little voice in our heart when it tells us to call upon the Lord. When we follow the instructions of that still small voice, we will find out that the situation or issue was not as bad as we thought. And everything works out in a satisfactory manner. Most of the time, we receive more and greater things than we ask for. This New Year's Day, are you worried about the days, the weeks, the months to come? In Matthew 6.35, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Jesus knew that worry is not good for us. Worry is not good for us because it affects our health. Worry confuses our mind and we can't think straight. Worry disrupts our everyday activity. Worry interferes with our relationships with other people. Worry steals our hope and makes God's will for our lives seem impossible to achieve. Worry gives Almighty God the impression or idea that we don't trust God. But when we listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, there will be no need to worry about anything. Notice that when Jesus instructed the disciples to have all the people sit down, they followed his dictate. They didn't argue with him. Perhaps they didn't know what was about to take place. But I'm sure that after the fact, their attitudes changed. In our gospel reading you heard this morning, an excited would-be follower of Jesus came to the Lord asking what he needed to do to be saved. Teacher, what good thing shall I do so that I may obtain eternal life? Jesus listed out the commandments of Moses. And the man was excited because he had been obedient to all those rules. But then Jesus told him just one more thing to do, something the young man thought would be impossible to do. He was so discouraged by this impossible task, he had no hope. That rich young man walked away from Jesus without hope for his future. He wasn't even willing to try. If he had tried, he wasn't willing, if he failed, to try, try again. It was impossible, so why should he even try? Imagine how devastated he must have felt. Imagine how devastated Jesus felt watching him walk away. That young man had no hope that salvation would be possible for him. He was suffering because he had no hope. Now hope isn't easy to come by. 
You have to develop hope through life's experiences. Hope is like a spiritual muscle we develop and strengthen through life's struggles. I'm sure you're familiar with struggles. Maybe you feel like Lucy from the Peanuts comic strip. In a Peanuts comic strip, Lucy once grumbled to poor Charlie Brown about the awful New Year she was having. She complained that problems abounded and she felt that the difficulties were around every corner. Then she said, I don't think this is a new year at all. I think we've been stuck with a used year. When I began to prepare this sermon, I looked back on 2022 and forward to 2023, and I said to God, thank you, God, that 2022 is over. This was a lousy year. At the beginning of the year, I was here in New Jersey. I had a job I liked. I was up for a, a advancement. We were getting married in May. Things were going well for us. And then some problems started happening. I had some issues back in Ohio I had to take care of to be able to complete the move here. I no more got back to Ohio for a short visit than in a couple days I was in the hospital with atrial fibrillation. Had to recover from that. We had to postpone our wedding. There were all kinds of things that seemed to go wrong this year. And at first, as I thought back, I was discouraged about what a terrible year it was. And then as I started preparing the sermon, I realized it wasn't a terrible year at all. It wasn't a used year. Through all these things, God's grace was apparent. Through all these things, we turned them over to God and they worked out. Don and I are continually amazed all through the year, just this last week with another is couple issues, how we feel like we're in the center of God's will because when we turn things over to him, the seemingly impossible works out better than we ever thought it could. It's a wonderful thing. You are going to experience struggles this year as you go through this new year. You're going to have to develop that muscle of hope. It's an undeniable fact. We all suffer struggles. Now, depending upon your politics, there's either a famous or an infamous politician who's remembered for declaring Never let a crisis go to waste. I think Paul had a similar attitude that we should never let a struggle or challenge go to waste. Our epistle lesson in Romans 5, 3 through 5, Paul says that we can rejoice in our sufferings because we are a people of hope. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint, nor put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So how can we develop and have hope when everything looks hopeless? Because in the midst of our suffering, we can rejoice in hope, since these challenges cause us to first rely on God's presence. Now, rejoicing in suffering doesn't mean celebrating when bad news comes, but it does mean that we can believe God is doing a redemptive work. This word redemptive means that God does not waste a hurt or a disappointment. 
God never lets a crisis go to waste. He is using every situation to shape and build us into the image of Jesus, which is his highest passion. When we go through suffering, we often pray and seek God more intensely than at other times. My greatest times of growth have been when I've reached the end of my resources and all I have left is Jesus. God uses suffering to make us rely upon his presence. In Psalm 23, verse 4, David writes that he does not fear because God is with him. He relies on God's presence and it brings him strength and comfort. Now remember, for there to be a shadow, there has to be light. I don't know what your valley of the shadow of death is, but I do know who the light is that's walking with you through that valley. Second, we can rejoice because our challenges give us hope that allows us to rely on God's provisioning. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul reveals that he suffered from a thorn in the flesh. God was so concerned about Paul, not becoming proud or conceited, that he allowed this to happen to him to prevent him from becoming conceited. In our current situations, God is saying to us that his grace is sufficient even when we feel weak. God is making us stronger than we have ever been. His grace is not an abstract idea. It is the person of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. The hell you're going through may be the very circumstance God uses to make you a whole new person and take you to a whole new level in life. Finally, our challenges create in us the hope that allows us to rely on God's power. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What is your weakness today? Maybe it's a son or daughter that hasn't quite turned out the way you thought he or she would. What problems are you facing this new year? A job situation that's gone awry. A medical diagnosis that has scared you. Maybe like Paul, it's also insults or hardships or persecutions. Whatever it is, Paul says he will boast in those things because when we are weak, the power of Christ rests upon us. The greater the enemy comes at you, the greater Jesus is in you. And we know that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope gives us the faith we need to find the possibilities. And finding the impossible has become possible gives us hope, possibilities and hope. We will all face mountains daily that seem impossible to get over, around, or through. We'll come to the edge of troubled waters throughout the year and become discouraged because we think there is no way to cross to the other side safely. To be sure, when you attempt the impossible, you may not always find immediate victory. The person who constantly tests the impossible may well experience more failure than the one who always settles for mere average. But if you attempt the impossible, you're assured you will also experience many more outrageous accomplishments. 
I love another quote from Robert Schuller that says, the only place where your dream becomes impossible is in your own thinking. In my life, I've learned that nothing in life is impossible if we call upon the Lord. It's true that with man, some things may be impossible, but when we call upon God, all things are possible. There is no failure as long as we're learning, as long as we're trying, because with every experience comes a lesson. Big lessons come from testing the impossible. Either way, you'll be a new person for having tried. The world tells us that not everything is possible, but how can you know if you don't try? One thing is for sure, your chances of doing it are 0% if you never try. Give it a try and you just might surprise yourself and succeed. And that victory will expand the realm of what's possible for you. The victory will give you renewed hope. And the ripple effect of hope throughout your life will be amazing. If you accomplish enough impossible things, you'll become unstoppable. The world's inventions have always come from someone who decided to attempt the impossible and then succeeded. Everything was impossible, even ridiculous, until someone invented it or achieved it. It was crazy to think that the flip of a switch could light up a whole house back when everyone was carrying around candles. It was a good thing that Thomas Edison didn't think so. Edison didn't believe in failure. He was famously quoted once saying, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. History records that everyone believed the human body was scientifically incapable of, of running a four-minute mile, right up until Roger, Roger Bannister went out and did it. And then what happened? 16 more people did the same thing in the following three years. What is your impossible dream or goal? Do people tell you you can't do something? Do they tell you you're too young or too old or too sick or undereducated or unprepared? Remember, usually the people who tell you these things are the ones who have never made the attempt. If you're discouraged about making New Year's resolutions, it's probably because you think it's too late to go back and make a new start. But that's not the purpose of New Year's resolutions. A famous quote that I like says, though no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. That's what happens at Holy Communion. We've made a start in life. We may have failed. We certainly have sinned. So we come and we confess our sins and we're washed clean by Christ's blood and nourished and renewed by his body. And coming away from the Lord's table, we're empowered to make a new ending, not only possible, but probable. Remember that next week as we celebrate our first communion of the new year. Trust in the encouragement of St. Paul, when he writes in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 
this New Year's morning, maybe you're hearing voices telling you to just quit or to give up. Or you feel like you just want to quit and let it all go. Friends, don't stop. When you're weak, then Jesus is strong. Remember, the greater the attack against you, the greater Christ is in you. But you have to rely on Christ's presence, Christ's provision, and Christ's power. I'd like you to do something for me this afternoon. This afternoon when you go home, take out an envelope and take out some pieces of paper. And on that paper, write down what you're suffering from or struggling with and put that in the envelope. And then write down your New Year's resolutions and put that in the envelope. And then on the outside of the envelope, write, with God, all things are possible. And underneath that, write, hope does not disappoint. And then underneath that, on the third line, write, I believe in possibilities and hope. And finally, on the fourth line, just for me, write, I'm on top of the grass and looking down. Now, when that, those challenges of your new year come to mind, remember to rely on the possibilities and hope Jesus the Christ gives you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can trust God to work a miracle in your life when you face the impossible. Don't second-guess the God of the possible. Pray in hope, knowing that God can make all things that were impossible possible. If it's his will to do so, nothing will hold God back. We serve a mighty God. Let him show you his power and his glory all through the year. In the new year, let God, through the merciful love and grace of Jesus Christ, and by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, fill your life with possibilities and hope. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.